Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone with me, and today we're doing a special episode, we're doing a final girl countdown, listing off the top five final girls uh, that Brian and I have selected. Brian and I will compare and contrast uh, our list and hopefully have a good argument around who deserves to be the top final girl. Um, Brian, sorry, I forgot to talk, ask you about this, but are we going to hit spoilers in this? Oh, good question. Uh, my plan was to try to avoid them if we could. I mean, just knowing who a final girl is is a bit of a spoiler, but try to keep it as light as possible on the spoilers, maybe. What do you think of that approach? Yeah, yeah, we could take that approach, which uh, brings me to the next to the first question I had for you, the definition of a final girl. So it sounds like you picked people who generally survive at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so the term, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the definition as provided by Carol J. Clover, who coined it in her book. <laughs> <laughs> we all know the name of Men, Women, and Chainsaws, but I don't often read the full title, Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender, and the Modern Horror Film. Wait, you've read that book? <laughs> Oh, I've never told you about it. Never told me about this. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she defines it as a woman who is the sole survivor among a group of people who has a final confrontation with the killer. So not the group of people, but the final girl has the co- final confrontation. Uh, Clover also implies that she has some moral superiority over the other characters because of her decisions to abstain from sex or drugs or some other moral behavior compared to her friends, which... I think may just be outright wrong, so I didn't really consider that mm-hmm. in my uh, choices. But I think that that bare minimum sentence, a woman who is the sole survivor among a group of people and they have a final confrontation with the killer is my core definition. But I think she goes on to say, I think it was her, like whether they end up living or dying or maybe it's ambiguous in the ending. Mm-hmm. Th- the most important thing is that they hang on the longest and have a final confrontation. Okay, and then and, and she assumes that everyone else has to die, like there has to be this one person left. In that loose assumption, but since she's written this book, people have really taken that term final girl, and you have probably saw it in some of the lists you saw on the internet. Any woman in a horror movie who is the main character will be called a final girl. That's true. Yeah. Like, I saw Vera Farmiga called the final girl of the Conjuring hmm. movies, and it's just like, that's not true at all. Like, <laughs> yeah. couldn't couldn't be farther from what I think of as a final girl. So, yep. my definition is almost, it's not limited to slashers and monster movies, but those are my kind of, um, like, the pattern there, like, where just... There is a, a monster or a key villain, and people are dropping off like flies. Right, and then there's, like, one woman at the end who survives. Yes. Like, I think if one or two people die throughout the movie and the group of friends survives, one of those being the main character, mm-hmm. that character is not a final girl to me. Okay. Like, spoiler alert for It Follows, I saw Micah Monroe who plays Jay in It Follows, mentioned as a final girl. But to me, she's not, because there are a lot of people that survived that movie. Interesting, yeah. And uh, I feel like one that's often cited on lists is, like, uh, Nev Campbell, uh, Sydney from um, Scream, 
which that, that that's what I always thought is like, well, you have a number of survivors in those movies, so I was surprised to see her on some of those lists. But I don't know. I, I think defining it to like one survivor um, might be a little too narrow uh, in some of the interpretations. But yeah, for for your uh, version, that's what you're sticking with. Basically, but yes, you're. I think you're hitting the nail on the head, though, with that you can't quite hit the nail on the head. I don't think there is a strict definition that applies across all cases. I think it depends on a lot about the movie, like what the movie focuses on, like whose perspective is focused on in the movie. Um, I think if one or two other characters happen to survive, that's fine. I think it makes it even more prominent that the character is a final girl if people who survive are taken out of the mix. You know, maybe you think they're dead and you find out they're alive at the end or they get caught up in something and they aren't there. I think there has to be a crucial moment you know, whether I think more important than being the sole survivor survivor is that there has to be a crucial moment in the showdown where it's just her versus the bad guy or bad guys. Hmm. Some one on one. Okay. Right. Face right. Time. If it's a group of friends in the showdown fighting the baddie together, mm-hmm. there is no final girl in that movie, in my sure. opinion. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, I think I would, uh, yeah, in my interpretation, I took it a step further to kind of say that that character or that, or that person has to have uh, a critical role. You know, assuming there is like another survivor or two in, in cases where that does happen, this person has to have a pivotal role in ensuring that's happening or having some kind of role in like the safety of others. Because I, I do feel like, and this might be a more modern interpretation of the final girl, but they have a role to play in either their survivor or survival or the survival of those who do make it. Uh, through. Um, did, did you consider oh, that at all? Protectors. Yeah. Um, I considered that in where I ranked people, but I did not consider it as a criterion. Okay. Got it. Um, other questions around the criterion. Could the, uh, the final girl, in your opinion, be a villain, like uh, take a Carrie or a Samra from the ring? Would you ever consider them as a, a final girl? Hmm. Boy, that's a tough one. I don't really think so. Yeah. I don't think I consider Carrie a final girl. But we purposely, (laughs) listeners, didn't really talk about these rules beforehand because we thought it'd be fun just to see, like, without any rules or constrictions where each of us ended up. So we'll we'll see how we each approach this and if it's different. Yeah, yeah, totally, which it sounds like it is quite different. <laughs> so so now, now that you've kind of like laid down what kind of like your definition is, uh, what in your opinion makes a good final girl or like a, a strong final girl? So I kind of spit out my list on paper, but then in deciding like where to rank them, I tried to spit out some criteria um, I don't know how much I really thought of this stuff, but I, I tried to use these criteria as, as backup for the cases that I'll be making. My first criteria is general badassery, which okay. I think explains itself. Um, relatability of the character. Mm-hmm. The performance by the actor. Mm-hmm. Resourcefulness. Courage. Logic slash cool-headedness. Their legacy. And something I didn't really think about while I was putting the list together, but right before we recorded, realized that I probably should have added as a criteria was the ability to personify utter utter terror. Hmm. Because I think 
We've come to think of the final girl as a strong fighter, and she oftentimes is, but I think a big part of her role, too, is to make, you know, she's supposed to be relatable to the audience. It's us jumping into her skin and seeing her expression and reaction to what's happening so that we can be horrified through her. Mm, okay. Yeah. So some kind I of think like of maybe like a Marilyn mm-hmm. Burns type when I think about this this aspect who plays uh, Sally Hardesty in oh, Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Okay. I, I like all your, your variables. I, I think that make, makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I feel like I, I might have looked at some of those. One thing that I think I feel like I highlighted that you didn't mention there is, um, I, and maybe it is captured in, in what you're saying uh, as, as a combination of some of your elements, but the idea of uh, a character turn where, like, obviously when the movie starts, the final girl doesn't know she's going to be a final girl. She's starting from a place of, like, yeah, you don't know, like, what horrors you're about to go through. But then that how the horrors kind of, like, change the character and then uh, their response to it uh, and that character journey that they go through and that transformation that they come out at the end as the final girl. Um, is that kind of captured in some of those variables you talked about? I don't think it's very well captured in my variables. Perhaps relatability is the most applicable because I think what you're talking about is just what makes a great main character in general in movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I don't think I truly accounted for that, and I think that's a great uh, a great criteria. Cri- yeah, is criterion I- single and criteria plural? I'll, I'll probably switch back and forth. <laughs> I think you can use those interchangeably, probably, because <laughs> half the time you'd be right, right? <laughs> I think when it's uh, singular, it's folklore. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I need this a correct usage of that term. Somewhere. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Well, no, I, I like you had that. Uh, those those aspects. Those, those make a lot of sense. You have some kind of like Excel chart out there, a pivot table going on here. No, I don't. But if I had all the time in the world, I would. Okay. Um, taking a, a step back, uh, so, you know, you kind of talked about what makes a great Final Girl. Why are Final Girls even a thing, like, in horror? Why why, uh, why is it that, like, these slashers and other uh, movies have kind of focused on this trope of having a Final Girl? And uh, is it misogynistic? I, I kind of struggled with this because, like, I know we're in the uh, month of, like, uh, women in horror. But trying to understand, like, how this even came about, is it effective? Is it something, like, we need to change in our thinking? What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, how it came about, good question. I mean, there needs to be a main character in any movie. Um, in a horror movie, the audience wants to be horrified. And I think if a story is a way to connect with characters, then... In order to be horrified, you have to connect with a character who is horrified. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes sense for that to be the main character, although a lot of Final Girls aren't even quite a main character, especially like early on in, in horror right. films. Um, and I think Carol J. Clover mentions this too. We don't want to see, you could argue, society traditionally has not wanted to see men in a state of terror. Yeah, Um, yeah, totally. So it makes more sense based on our cultural tendencies uh, that are probably, well, definitely sexist and misogynistic that that women fill those shoes. And then 
once that format was kind of laid out by a few influential movies, I really think it started in monster movies. Like Creature from the Black Lagoon takes the oh, same yeah. format as a slasher movie. Right. But once that layout is there um, and solidified in Texas Chainsaw, Black Christmas, and Halloween, then that's kind of the formula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I think that that is kind of like socially uh, how, how we kind of came about to that, uh, which is unfortunate. But it seems to be kind of like the formula that a lot of films have followed. And even as like progressive as we're getting today from like the roots of this, I still feel like it's it's most common in these movies. If there's a survivor, it's going to be around a, a woman, right? Like I think that's still a trend that we're seeing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, you know, we like a good underdog story. And, uh, you know, this is all a bit, it gets a bit touchy when discussing this subject, but when it comes to like the brute strength of somebody like Jason or Michael Myers pitted against a woman who we typically think of as having less physical strength, uh, or at least upper body strength that's typically of use in uh, fist fights or altercations. <laughs> uh, sure. You know, we think of a woman as an underdog, especially yeah, yeah. like a teenage girl against someone, a giant hulking Jason or right. Leatherface or whatever. Yeah, good point. That that's a whole other thing, right? Where like your top villains or the biggest villains in horror are always like men, basically. So right. that just seems like this underlying dynamic of all horror, where you have like some scary dude or person or like of a male gender uh, with a chasing down or attacking some kind of woman, which is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, other people might theorize it's men wanting to envision themselves in a period, a, a position of power over women. You can have the viewpoint of it's all phallic and represents wanting to penetrate women because the knife, which is usually the word murder weapon, is a phallic penetrating weapon. So there's that angle. I tend to not agree with that at all. I think that's kind of, I don't know, over analyzing. And I think it's kind of just a coincidence. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All this penetration is just a coincidence. It's just it a shoot. Mean, <laughs> well, it's a coincidence of physics. Like a penis, this is going to get a little crude here. <laughs> yeah. But a penis is designed to penetrate, to gently and lovingly and consensually penetrate, and to then shoot out <laughs> a projectile. <laughs> and so weapons to like the best way to in injure somebody is to penetrate their body and you can do that with a sharp weapon which a penis is not sharp but it's you know it comes to a narrowed point <laughs> or a weapon that launches a projectile like a gun so i think yeah. weapons are inherently phallic just as a coincidence of physics <laughs> uh yeah. really it's about you're afraid of dying or getting hurt um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's really interesting. Weapons are scary because they can kill us, not because they're phallic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think you're kind of glossing over uh, something because there are a lot of weapons out there that aren't necessarily phallic, like bombs, bats, um, punches, uh, falling from things, um, drowning, uh, burning. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a there's a focus here on like uh, specific types of weapons that align with your point. So I I don't know I, I'm kind of on the fence of whether it's like a, a coincidence or if there actually is like some uh, intended agenda there uh, here. But I, yeah, you're definitely kind of leaning on like oh it's just coincidental. 
I am. I am. And I'm open to arguments. Otherwise, I'm sure our listeners have arguments. Otherwise, my counter argument to you would be that most of those methods of death are not typically inflicted one on one to one person from the other, except maybe, you know, a bat or bludgeoning, you know, cool. Um, That's an exception. But drowning, people don't normally drown each other. It happens by accident. Bombs, usually that is not a individual (laughs) attack that is a government or like group attack from an organization sure uh burning another thing that happens to be an accident typically so Mm. it wouldn't make a good movie or good story to have someone going around setting other people (laughs) on fire it's just not practical all right sure sure all right good to know you don't see those things as one-on-one things so when when i show up at your door with the bat you won't feel too threatened then it sounds like (laughs) Or with a bomb. I see you have a bat and a flamethrower, but <laughs> yeah. those aren't ways that people typically... <laughs> yeah, I'm not alarmed at all. <laughs> so I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, get, good, good tropes there. Um, trends, I, you know, I, I think one thing you hit on earlier is that moral superiority, especially looking at like the 80s and 90s final girls, uh, typically, um, usually it's like someone yeah, who's like kind of abstained from like drugs, sex, etc. But I feel like that's gone away in like the last like few decades. What, what do you think? I agree. And actually, uh, maybe like a year or two ago, this guy named Preston Fossil wrote an article on Fangoria where he was basically like, hey, that's just kind of a myth. Like mm. what final girls are truly virgins and explicitly have it said so in the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, not many. And most of the other final girls, it is kind of implied that they have had sex or are having sex in the movie or yeah. they're in a relationship with somebody. So yeah, it really... I think that's another coincidence. I think that people, this is like a cheap exploitative medium to some people, especially slashers. Mm-hmm. So you're going to throw some cheap exploitative content in there like nudity and sex. So characters in a slasher movie are going to have sex and characters in a slasher movie are going to die. People took that, oh, they just had sex, so they're going to die. As punishment for having sex, and and you don't see the final girl having sex because she's not point of, part of the exploitative sideshows. She's a part of the story that's supposed to connect with you like any other movie does. Mm, yeah, the part of you that like doesn't get to have sex. The, <laughs> <laughs> I can totally relate to that character. Right? <laughs> that's, that's the part kind of, of you that loves stories loved stories before you even knew what sex was. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some relatability there. Uh, yeah, that, that that's really interesting. And, and yeah, that is so true because that that is such like a common trophy here. But I feel like in the '80s moves that we've seen, it is pretty rare. Like I can only think of one or two where like that actually lines up. It, it's more like someone came up with that like idea, said it, and like that's like been kind of understood as the norm versus actually playing out in like a lot of movies, right? Yes, and I think Carol J. Clover is largely to blame. She cites some other like scholarly articles on the subject as well, but her book is so influential that I think that's where all this comes from. Yeah, okay. Another thing she says that I don't necessarily agree with is that the final girls typically have a non-gendered names or like gender-fluid names like Ripley, Stretch, Chris, or Jess. Mm, interesting. Yep. Same I name. don't... Yeah, Sydney. I yeah. think maybe it's more true after the release of that book and is done as like a nod to this theory. Ah, uh, yeah. 
But she kind of just cherry picks. There are so many final girls, and she just kind of cherry picks a few names that can go either way. I, mm. Like, if I look at my own family, there's a good chunk of us with names that could go either way. So I don't know. I don't, there's not a strong enough case for that for me. And now the data is skewed because people are acting on theory. So. Right, right. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, when when right. did that book come out? Like 90s or something? It was published in 1992. Okay. Wow. Uh, damn, you read old books, man. That's surprising. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd ever read something from the 90s. Uh, but great. Um, I guess uh, the last question I had before we get to our top five is like as we look into the future and the trends um, of Final Girls, like uh, it sounds like we agree. Like there's some misogyny here. It's playing on like gen- gender roles that like we kind of incorporate into our culture and society. Do you think though, with like you know some of the new stuff happening with like gender roles or definitions and moving away from uh, those standardizations, uh, what do you think we're going to see? Are we going to see more um, men as like the final characters in horror films? Or, um, yeah, what, what's the future of, of Final Girls? Boy, that's a good question, man. I mean, for all our wokeness, I don't think that that's going to be happening anytime soon, a routinely male Final Girl. Um, yeah. It seems kind of counterproductive in a way. Yep. Um, because some argue that it's a feminist, inherently feminist in its nature, and that it's not misogynistic. It's about a woman, like finding strength and fighting back and ending up on top. Yeah, sure. Um, I think we'll probably see some non-binary final people Mm -hmm. in the future. And I think we already see this, but the final girl trope, Carol J. Clover kind of argued that there were two types, the type that is saved by an intervening man and the type that thwarts the killer on her own. I think there's also a third type that's become more common recently that's kind of like a one-woman army, like oh. true badass. Yeah, yep. So Cool. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be angry if I saw more of those. Yeah, I, de- <laughs> I definitely feel like I have a few examples of those. Sure. Uh, I, I agree with you. You know, one thing I could see where, where men start to come in and play a bigger role uh, are like the get-outs. Um, and I think, I don't know if I'd put Candyman in there, but maybe you have like uh, uh, minority populations or uh, populations that are, you know, because I think like in, in these older films, uh, women are supposed to be like that underdog or like the one that doesn't have the upper hand traditionally. So I, I can see other populations kind of filling that and uh, maybe seeing a trend grow there. But I don't know. It's still kind of early, though, on that one. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, any other themes or things that jumped out to you while you were putting this list together or studying the trends of Final Girls? Or do you want to get to the top five? I think I'm ready to get down to brass tacks here. Cool. Are you ready to say the five wrong ones, and then I'll correct you and say the five right ones? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the the choices are so limited. We're bound to have a decent amount of overlap, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Uh, I I feel like mine are kind of... um, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens here. You went you went a little left field with it, didn't you? I think so, because I, I put it together, then I started looking at some lists, and I, I feel like some of these, um, I, yeah, two or three of these made it on there, but uh, were a lot of yours featured on, like, the lists that are out there? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Cool. Well, I can't wait to tell you why yours don't make any sense at all. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> all right. Let's start with our number five. So... Who is your number five final girl? 
My number five final girl is Aaron, played by Sharni Vinson in Your Next. Oh, good one. Yep. Yeah. I think she's high on the badassery criteria for me. She has the background of being raised on a, and some minor spoilers throughout, but nothing huge, raised on a survivalist camp by her dad, who was convinced that the world would run out of resources. Um, And it contrasts nicely with the rest of the story because she's among this wealthy group where mm-hmm. resources are abundant. And she has some very badass uh, acts of violence against uh, the baddie. Yeah. And she's very relatable, that story of being raised in a survival camp and kind of scrappy, especially among these. And we've talked about these, like, one percenter type genre of of horror movies and movies in general lately, like You're Next, Ready or Not, um, you could even lump that one movie in there that came out recently that had oh Anna de Armas and oh um, not Knock Knock oh uh, Knives Knives Out Knives Out there you yeah. go yeah okay yeah um anyway so that makes her relatable um she's high on the logic slash cool headedness criteria because she's got those survival skills and she's making logical decisions but part of the reason she's not higher in the list is because. For the first half of that movie, everybody's making really bad decisions about how to handle what's gone wrong, and she's she's included. She's not making great decisions either, <laughs> so she yet. may have been higher on the list if it wasn't for that. Sure. Yeah, and it, one thing I also love about her is I, I feel like she's a surprise final girl, right? Like, she's not like—I don't know if when the movie starts, is there an understanding, like, this is going to be your—is she, like, the main character right off the bat? She is framed as the main character. Oh, she yeah. is? Okay, okay. But you don't really... Things go in ways you're not expecting throughout the movie. So, yes, yeah. it is... There are some twists and turns and surprises along the way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, she, she, was, she was incredible. And, like, those uh, skills that she has, like... Uh, and some of those skills, pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Great to see. Yeah, and a good performance, too. So so she is, she is my number five slot. Cool. Good one. Good pick, man. That's, 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 How that's about yours? Uh, my number five is probably the most uh, cited, and I felt like the most uh, w- one of the most typical on my list. Uh, but was Laurie Strode from Halloween? Um, I felt like, uh, yeah. First, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's there's something very like atypical. Right? There's, very, there's something very stereotypical, I guess, about her as a final girl, as like this young naive, um, not necessarily naive, but just like a, a young girl who's like you know suspect or the target of like this this guy who's hunting her down, uh, and how she kind of like combats him in that first movie. But then I think over the course of the franchise, the way her character evolves to like the 2018, 2019, or 2020 films, whatever where she's like more uh in a state of like kind of attack uh i love to see like that kind of transition of her character going from like someone who's so young in attack to like this kind of warrior at the end who's like after michael to like kill him so i I thought that character journey kind of like sets her up as like one of the greatest final girls that is a cool final arc and uh boy our since our review of halloween 2018 my affection for that movie has grown damn yeah and i do think it really helps in my mind her legacy as a final girl like her legacy is huge because she's really kind of to me the most iconic final girl mm-hmm. um the most prototypical one it's you know there are slashers before halloween we We've all learned that Halloween is not the first slasher. But to me, it's the biggest. It's the one that everyone tried to copy. It yeah. is the one that everyone is modeled after. So right. she is the the final girl in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, you're right. I think that's a cool character arc. She's a mild-mannered, 
unsuspecting teenager and she fights back and then by the time Halloween 2018 comes around she's an all-around badass and the flip the script is flipped yeah um, and it's a really cool arc for her character. It is, yeah, yeah. And do you think, uh, like, when you hear those uh, descriptions of the stereotypical description of a final girl, like, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember, but was she, was she a virgin? Was that like ever explicitly mentioned? It's never explicitly mentioned. Okay. To as far as I can remember, but she's shy about Ben Tramer, and her friends have to like ask. A, ask Ben Tramer out for her, so it kind yeah. of implies that. Um, but she does smoke weed. I'm pretty sure it's implied oh, yeah. that she smokes weed in the car with Annie. So right, right. She doesn't really fit that puritanical uh, archetype that Carol J. Clover purports. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But a uh, pretty great character. I, I yeah, I loved her from the start, and uh, she just seems like super relatable. Uh, great. She's. She's got that criteria, too, that you talk about of protecting others. She she does what she can to protect the kids. Yeah, I love that uh, at the end of the film when, like, she's, like, in the closet uh, and, like, she does kind of, like, take on an attacking role to kind of protect others. So, uh, yeah, I, li- I like to see that step up happening. Cool. Uh, great. All right, number four. Number four, I have Ellen Ripley, played by Sigourney Weaver in the Alien franchise. Yeah, she great appears pick. in the original and then in Aliens. And an Alien 3 and an Alien Resurrection, but I haven't seen Alien 3 since I was a kid. We need to keep making our way through that franchise. Yeah, yeah. same. Um, yeah, so logic, cool-headedness, she's like the voice of reason, especially in Alien. And if every man in power had just listened to her in that movie, then the whole movie, there would have been no movie. Because just... was she telling them not to go in uh, to the room with the exit in it? I can't remember if she was like, don't go in the room with the eggs in it, but she was like, you cannot let that guy on the ship. Oh, like, yeah. Um, it, it went against protocol. So she was the voice of reason. And in Aliens, she becomes more of an all-out badass. She doesn't hesitate to take over decision-making when the dude who's got the authority via chain of command fails to act. Um and then she's very relatable, and she she scratches that protecting others itch in the Newt story arc in Aliens, where she's kind of becomes a mother to Newt, which I know some people don't like because she goes from this being this like cool headed empowered woman to a mother figure. But um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was welcome. I, I I don't need that from a final girl, but it it worked for me in that one. Um, and especially in the third act of Aliens, she like enters the belly of the beast and you get like a great suit up scene and a very badass final showdown um and a couple satisfying lines that are delivered by her totally yeah and i think she's become her legacy is that she's become a bit of the like i think the one woman army type final girl has its roots in ellen ripley oh sure we're like she can like basically take on like anything right yeah. yeah Yeah, I remember like this, like how she gears up like the machine guns and aliens and stuff, and, and like basically mm-hmm. yeah, takes on a whole army of them. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, that that that's really interesting because uh, I feel like she is so, especially in Aliens. Like Alien sets her up as like such a great uh, final girl, and like yeah, just like her one on one with an alien and like kind of a survivalist. Whereas two, uh, she's like way like more on like the attacking side, and uh, it brings out the the kind of like mother instinct in her, and that's kind of like echoed or mirrored in the in the villain or like that alien that she's fighting with at the end. So it's kind of a great example of how like the the monster can like be reflected in the final girl. Um, and bring out like that characteristic that that you want to see. So uh, For yeah, sure. she, she she's a great one and obviously great acting, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, she was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actress for Aliens, which is very unusual for genre movies like this. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's so, a, that's a great one. I, I like yeah. uh, Ellen Ripley a lot. Yeah, and I mean, Ashwin and I listeners were just discussing before we were recording, like. We felt pretty good about our top five, or at least I did, but we both agreed that these rankings could change, like, tomorrow. Yeah. It was hard <laughs> to put these in order. It really is, yeah. You've got some great characters here. Yeah. All right, so what's your number four? Uh, so my number four, uh, I don't know. You, you might fight me on this one because maybe this isn't a final girl, but I took Thomason from The Witch. Uh, one, Anya Taylor, right? I mean, who's? I mean, she's, she's like, next level. Like, I, I'm pretty sure she's not, like, a person. She might be, like, some kind of... Uh, celestial figure that is gracing <laughs> us with their presence for a few years here. <laughs> um, but then, I, yeah, I feel like she was in this movie, uh, and all of society, uh, her family, like, everyone is, like, against her, and it's, like, really repressive, and uh, she's kind of on her own. She's being blamed for things. There's, like, crazy shit going on. There's, like, a monster that a lot of the blame is being cast on her for. So she's never, like, directly under attack, I would say, except emotionally and like being manipulated by like the people that like she should love and trust and I feel like that's like the attack that's happening on her and the acting of it is so well and she defies like the final girl trope at the end by like not necessarily like saving anyone or anything but I mean like her ending is kind of unique in a way but to me it kind of felt like a final girl in the sense that she's like the sole survivor and um she does like kind of have to like be battling like all these like uh attacks like emotionally or whatever throughout the film. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think she's the final girl? I saw her on a final girls list. I have that. I can't remember the website, but it has giant top fifty final girls list. So I was like, <laughs> I'll look for this through this for ideas, and I was like, no, no, no. Anya Taylor Joy, no, she's not a final girl. But then I thought more about it. And I think you're right. I think she qualifies. This is not a slasher. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a monster movie, but I think she fits all of the criteria. Like, yeah. many people are dropping off. She is witness. One thing I didn't mention in the criteria, and I think Clover mentions this as well, is that they have to kind of bear witness to the horror befalling everybody. Mm. They can't be like a side. So many people in slashers drop off without even realizing anything's amiss. Sure. It's just yeah. like they have their brief moment of <gasps> and then they're gone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there has to be some level of torment to a final girl's uh, character, unfortunately. And Thomason, yes, definitely embodies that. And she has a final showdown with uh, the enemy force, so to speak, um, mm -hmm. in a myriad of ways. Uh, yeah, I think she qualifies, man. Oh, cool. All right. I wasn't sure if you're going to allow that one. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess she does have that final showdown. Um, yeah, that is probably the most out there 
final girl proposition that I will allow. <laughs> All right. All right. I might, <laughs> I might push your button on one more. But right. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, let's see. All right, But cool. I think you make a good argument, and I think a case can be made. Okay, and do you think she is okay. uh, one of us, like a part of our uh, species? I think, you know, exact same reaction. Celestial figure, what? And then I start to actually think about it, and I'm like, well... Yeah. So yeah, she may she may not be one of us. Yeah, yeah, she's she's on the level. All right, your number Let's three. Let's enjoy her while she's here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you got for number three? My number three uh, is the one woman army I have in mind whenever I say one woman army throughout this episode, and that's Crystal May Creasy, played by Betty Gilpin in The Hunt. Oh shit! Damn, I didn't think you uh, liked her or, or that film that much. I gave it a five. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think she's got so many incredible badass moments. She just takes no prisoners. She trusts nobody. Uh, She has some great lines. One of the best lines slash moments ever in the gas station when she's buying cigarettes. Uh, Incredible fight scene happens in the showdown. And she's very relatable. She's like the John McClane Every man, every woman, every person, uh, just a regular person living their life thrown into a terrible situation. Uh, She's also relatable because she keeps her politics to herself in a film where every other character is very outspoken about theirs. And she gave a very quirky and odd performance that I just loved. Like, it was risky, but I loved the direction that she went with it, and I thought it was perfect for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She's awesome. I she I like want to see the hunt too. <laughs> oh, are they doing a sequel? No, I'm oh. sure they're not because yeah. the movie didn't really do that well, and I don't really know that you could. But yeah, I just I would love to see more of her in that role. Yeah, yeah, I love that man. Yeah, I, I was so happy to see her on these lists. Uh, she, she's great. Um, one thing though, like in, in some of your criteria here, uh, you talk about like personifying the horror that's happening. Um, I don't recall, because, like, that was one of the great things about her in that film was, like, everyone else is, like, freaking out, and she just, like, knows what to do, is, like, on top of it, and, like, one step ahead of everyone else. But uh, did you ever feel like there were moments where she was, like, scared or, or like, showing, like, an emotional uh, journey happening? No, she doesn't embody terror. I kind of think of these criteria as, like, the assets of a character in a video game, like... Oh, they've got a 10 on strength, but their agility is only a three. <laughs> like, yeah. Somebody like Marilyn Burns in Texas Chainsaw, like, has a 10 on embodying yeah. terror and a one on badassery, you know? Um, so some of the people on this list aren't as well rounded, but they're, they've got a 10 in certain other assets. So she's got a 10 in badassery. Got it. Man, you're back to your, like, Dungeon Master days. Right? Yeah. (laughs) And she's got a very high relatability score. Um, Resourcefulness, logic, performance, all those scores are very high. Uh, Yeah, I know. I I really want to go back and watch that again. Her performance was incredible and such a great character. And, uh, yeah, I loved that she was, like... uh, everyone else was like on like such strong sides of like the political spectrum and she's like this character in the middle where like you never know where she is but she's just like a survivor basically right she's her own person yep yep awesome great well uh so your number three yeah my number three i think is a little more uh of like an emotional performance and someone going through a journey i had sarah carter 
from The Descent, played by Shauna McDonald. Um, I thought like this was a great setup and exactly like what you want to or like what I like to see in a character is they're starting from like a pretty low devastated place maybe like something terrible has happened to them and they're like void of like emotions uh, or, or like yeah they're going through some personal tragedy a monster comes challenges them puts them into like a, a new space where like they have to suddenly get into this new gear of themselves and uh, come out as like this new person who's going to like emerge as like a uh, victorious over like this new challenge and it's kind of like a, a metaphor of like them coming out of like this personal hell that they've been in and I thought that was like characterized really well by her and a lot of like the scenes of her like you know emerging from like a, a pool of blood and like stabbing uh, and killing people and like how she would like communicate with friends uh, and you know how, how she kind of like comes out of this whole tragedy uh, I thought it was just a great personification of, of that journey that like I, I, I am I think of when I think of like a final girl as uh, like this underdog kind of coming up breaking through all, all these challenges and, and just like succeeding at the end. Uh, so I yeah I had her as number three. Good choice, and she's kind of framed as the most fragile of the group of friends. I mean, it's a group uh, yeah. of outdoorsy, very capable women. So fragile maybe isn't emotionally fragile because of what she's been through in her life. Yeah, and right. She's the one who really bears through all the grittiness and and makes it until the end. So yeah, good. Good choice. I think she's totally a final girl, and I agree with all of your uh, arguments there. Good choice. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, quite quite a character transformation. So, uh, yes. yeah, enjoyed that one. Yeah, I'm glad you added that uh, character transformation as a, as a criteria, because for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was going for one of those. Um, all right, cool. Well, what do you got for your number two? My number two is Nancy Thompson, played by Heather Langenkamp in your favorite movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> She's also in uh, Dream Warriors, the third installment, and New Nightmare, which is the seventh installment. Mm. Um, and I think when you get a final girl who appears throughout the franchise, it really increases their legacy score, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially if their legacy isn't tarnished by what they're doing in the new movie. So I think her legacy is enhanced by her role in Dream Warriors and enhanced by New Nightmare. Mm. She also has the unique distinction of actually playing herself. She plays Heather Langenkamp in New Nightmare. So yeah, it's kind of an unusual pick for an unusual thing for a final girl to do. She's got courage. Like she really faces Freddy. She sets traps. She's waiting for him. She's not running from it. So she's kind of in the middle. Like she is emotional and you see what she's going through. You see her torment, especially from her family. Like she's high on the relatability score because she's a teenager in a very frustrating period of life. Teenager dumb is. And things that import, feel important to you are brushed off by your parents and sometimes other people close to you. And that is her story here as she's going through this saga with Freddy and with her nightmares. She's being brushed off and she has to stand up to her parents. She has to stand up to the people close to her who aren't taking this as seriously as her. And then she has to stand up to Freddy. And she, she does it all um, <laughs> with a plum. <laughs> yeah. That's great, man. Uh, yeah, I, I saw her on a lot of lists. Uh, she seems like one of the classic ones. I feel like, uh, because I haven't seen uh, Dream Warrior or that other one, 
uh, I'm missing out. If, if you had just looked at the first film, would you still hold the same opinion? Or do you think you have to see all three to kind of appreciate her? I still would hold the same opinion. I think the in the third one, she might qualify a bit as in one of your criteria of protecting. She's kind of mentoring the final girl in Dream Warriors. Mm, okay. I see. So she is not necessarily a final girl role in Dream Warriors, but she she mentors the final girl and the rest of the characters. I see. Okay. Um, so I think I still would pick her. She's not a flashy pick for final girl because she's not screaming at the top of her lungs and she's not smashing people's head in. Yeah. But to me, she's a nice subtle mix of someone who's afraid but not willing to accept her fate lying down. Interesting. Yeah. I think she's my favorite character on the list. She's the most well-developed to me. Yeah. When you say accept her fate lying down, does that have to do with like, because if she lie down, if she lies down and goes to sleep, she'll die? So, yeah. <laughs> my, my impression of her is she's just like a very sleepy person who just like sleep revived, which I give her points on because that's like relatable. Like I'm always sleepy too, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that first, I've only seen the first film and I wasn't even sure at the end if her plan like even worked. Uh, because of like the ending of that film, but uh, yeah, it's hard hard for me to judge not having seen those other films. Sure, right. It's a very ambiguous ending. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it gives me gives me hope for the rest of the franchise. So that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, you haven't liked either of them so far. So <laughs> I think Dream Warriors is like our last chance for you in that franchise. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll stick and then to... the remake is a latch dif- ditch effort, and that you're strangely gonna like it for some reason. <laughs> of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be the one I jump in on. <laughs> All right, good pick, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw she's she's like a listeners on the top there, so I, I think there's just something I'm missing with her. Um, yeah, I mean she's quintessential. Yeah, cool. Uh, my number two, we've already mentioned, uh, it was Ellen Ripley, and I think for all the reasons we already kind of uh, went on about her, just a great example of, of a warrior champion, uh, finding like one of the uh, craziest monsters that we've seen on film, and like, yeah, her leadership and uh, courageousness, and then, yeah, that uh, kind of pulling into like that more motherly role in part two, I thought was a power move. So, uh, yeah, don't don't need to go too much into that one again. But yeah, I, nice. I had uh, Ellen Ripley as number two. All right. Well, my number one has been mentioned already as well. It is Laurie Strode, played by Jamie Lee Curtis in the Halloween franchise. Ah, nice. Wow. Cool. Uh, and and uh, she's just—I mean, she's just like the OG, right? Yeah. Like, she's not literally the first, but she is. She personifies Final Girldom to me. Yeah. She is. She's a gold standard, though. I mean, if if you look at, uh, so she was in the first Halloween. When did she come back into the franchise? She's in Halloween too. Oh um, yeah, and she's in Halloween too, right? And then, and then, like, wait, when when does it? When did she come back after that? And then I'm pretty sure it's been decades since I've seen these, but I'm pretty sure she was in both H2O and Resurrection. Yeah, definitely H2O, um, right? And then again in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. And I don't think she does anything to hurt her legacy in Halloween too. Mm-hmm. I don't think she does anything to help her legacy in Halloween too either. She's a victim of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't speak to H2O Resurrection because it's been so long since I've seen them. Halloween 2018 really solidifies her legacy as a final girl, being mm-hmm. this fighter survivalist. It's such a cool role reversal between her and Michael. Halloween Kills sucked in my opinion, but it didn't help or hurt her legacy. It just, you know, she's a victim. Her character and JLC are a victim of the writing of Halloween Kills. Sure. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see this uh, last Halloween and like how her story arc ends. I mean, you, th- you think she's going to remain the final girl and survive the, the franchise, or do you think we've got something dark coming for her? I think we just can't kill her. I, I think that would be a really bad choice. Mm, okay. Is that coming out this year? Uh, Yeah, Halloween. Cool. All right, that's exciting. And uh, it's an iconic performance as well. And I think she is also high on the score of personifying terror. Like, oh, yeah. She's level-headed, but the terror builds in her because she's seeing Michael throughout the first act and second act and not quite sure if what she sees is even real or if it's just some random guy. But the terror builds and she witnesses, you know, she sees and finds all her friends' bodies. And yeah, we haven't even mentioned the term scream queen, which is kind of interchangeable with final girl sometimes so she is definitely that yeah um but she fights back and she becomes uh all the stronger for it as you see in halloween 28 too though also a good realistic model of someone who's really um their life has been flipped upside down by this tragedy and it shows the echo effects of trauma so yeah that's really cool to see that in a character and that like play out right because a lot of times you see a character and and that's it uh the the attack you don't see like the aftermath of it right right and we talked about that in our texas chainsaw remake episode too how so often you know everything it's a happy ending for the final girl even though everyone they know has just died yeah yeah exactly not very realistic they hold on to that picture of the day they died (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> never forget uh so cool stupid. yeah I, I can't can't argue with that man Larry Lloyd Short is great uh good uh good good performance uh very relatable um and yeah the the fact that like kind of she unsuspectingly kind of has to turn around and like save the kids attack Michael and and all that so that was good performance so who's your number one all right uh it my number one is a woman a girl Someone we know as Amber. Um, she, in the Amber. Movie, yeah, does that ring any bells for you? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, she was in the film The Green Room and played by Imogen Poots. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Yeah, I feel like this might be a stretch, right? Because she's obviously not the main character, but that's what I love about her. She's just like this unassuming character that just happens to be there on the sidelines and gets dragged into like this showdown that's happening. Um, and then she actually ends up playing a really critical role in, in helping fight off like the, the, the villains in this movie and um she doesn't have like a set of like crazy skills or something that like we didn't know before but she just has like this will and like this personality it's like persevere that like helps her uh survive this film uh and she's not a true final girl because she's not like the only survivor at the end but i think she has a great attitude and uh, kind of keeps this like mentality that like her last line of the film is just this sense that like she's like over everything and then lastly it's imogen poots which is uh Hard to argue anything there. So you're just uh, trying to find a way to sneak your two biggest cinematic <laughs> crushes onto this list. I know. I mean, because was there a way I couldn't do that? I mean, I I, I had to, right? So boy, Amber from Green Room. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Does, does, doesn't she like fit? Like she's relatable. She uh, personifies the horror. She, uh, d- you know, d- saves people in a little. Uh, she survives. Uh, and doesn't, doesn't she like check all those boxes? Yeah, and she plays a crucial role in the showdown. Yeah, I, yeah. she checks the boxes. Yeah. Cool. Soul Survivor, spoiler alert, is the biggest one she doesn't check, but uh, I'll yeah. give it to you. 
I'll give it to you. She checks the box of being either Imogen or Anya. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that box on your list or not? <laughs> but yeah, I had her as number one, which I, I admit is overrated. But if I had to pick a final girl, I, I think uh, she's the most. Uh, she's the final girl I'd, I'd, I'd want to end a movie with. <laughs> I don't think anyone's gonna get too mad at you for that, even if it breaks the rules a little bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for allowing it, man. I'm glad glad we uh, agreed on on the top five here. I mean, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought we had some great picks. Great, good, good job. Yeah, you too. And listeners, uh, let us know who we left out and who some of yours are. Yeah. Um, and to. or if you agree with our picks or think somebody we put on here doesn't really quite fit the rules. And should we list off some honorable mentions, Ashwin? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear who uh, who was like a, a close uh, top five for you. Do you have yours in order, or should we just name a few? Uh, I have some in order, um, though. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I, I know we talked about the top five is kind of uh, hard to keep, like that list of five. So I feel like a little bit less confident about the other four I've got. But um, uh, well, yeah. Let's go in order. Who's who's your number six? My number six is Sydney Prescott. Uh-huh. I really like Sydney. I think Nev Campbell gives a good performance. But there's enough like hokey lines. There are some badass lines written for Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't fuck with the original from Scream Four is my favorite line that she yeah. says throughout. But there's just some like kind of hokey moments, uh, especially after Scream Five. I just yeah, it had me ease off Sydney Prescott as a little bit, but she's still great. Uh, she was originally in my top five, but eventually got bumped out. Um, good one. Yeah, yeah. I, Very I, strong character who's been through a hell of a lot. She can objectify terror, but or embody terror, or personify terror rather. But uh, mm-hmm. fights back for sure. Yeah, yeah. She does. She's a fighter. Uh, I might disagree with you, with you a little bit on on the acting. I feel like she just squints her way through the series. But I guess as a franchise as a whole, she does pretty good. Would she have been in the top five if it wasn't for Scream Five? Hmm. Maybe, but I mean, it's not like Scream 5 did anything to make her less of a cool character to me. I think it was just some of the things they do with her were wearing a little thin on me, and by Scream 5, it it broke me a little bit. Mm. Um, But I use that term, like, broke me lightly, because she's still my number six, a very close number six. Yeah, yeah, that's great. um, It's just a little bit like, I'm Sidney Prescott, of course I have a gun, like, it just doesn't work for her as much as it would for another final girl. I think they kind of force those kinds of lines on yeah. her character sometimes. Sure, sure. That makes sense. Uh, she's another one, though, like when you talk about Halloween and like the, the character arc and like how someone uh, responds to trauma. That That's one thing where I feel like that she is like a good portrayal of that through the series, like part two, three, four, and five. Uh, like that part of her, I feel, I feel like she carries that well as like the survivor of these attacks. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Cool. Good 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 mention there. I was yeah, I was surprised uh, she didn't make your top 5. I was assuming you'd bring her up. Um uh, my number 6 was someone you've already mentioned is Crystal May Creasy from uh, The Hunt just cuz yeah, she's a one-man army and just a great yeah. set of skills. Uh what about your number 7? My number 7 is Mia played by Jane Levy in Evil Dead 2013. Oh yeah, she was a great one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Evil Dead is not a slasher or necessarily a monster movie, but it really kind of fits the slasher formula, and people often bring up Ash as a final boy, and I think Mia is 
great at objectifying the terror and uh, unique because she's also terrifying in it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. I keep saying objectify when I mean personify, but... Um, <laughs> And she's also got some, like, really gritty fight back when the ships are not in her favor. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I can't forget my that. metaphors, but there's some really crucial scenes where things are not looking good for her and she, she persists. There's a scene with her with a chainsaw and covered in a lot of blood, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's her. The, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that was an impressionable performance. That was really good. Yeah, man, I'd love to watch that movie again. Yeah, that really held up well. Sure did. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven, you've already mentioned as well, was uh, Aaron Harson uh, from uh, Your Next, played by Sharni Vincent. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, What's other, your last name? Uh, who, the actress or the character? Aaron Harson? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I couldn't find your last name anywhere. Cool, cool. Yep. That's another name that could go either way. Aaron, Sydney, Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, Clover right. says Lori, but I've not really known many men named Lori. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Thomason, could that be a guy's name? No. Okay. No. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but I didn't even know Thomason could be a girl's name until I saw that movie. So <laughs> didn't know that could be any name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, number eight. Uh, my number eight is Sally Hardesty, played by Marilyn Burns. Simply for, like, the highest screaming terror score you could imagine of, mm. of the whole list. Like, the th- the third act with her is just brutal, and she really sells it. It's a great performance in that third act. Yeah, yeah. I think— uh, I'm not on board with the characters of that movie in general. Otherwise, I would have put Sally higher up. But mm-hmm. her performance in that third act is uh, iconic. Yeah. And the visual of her on that truck, yeah. Right, yeah, that last scene really sticks with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my number, what are we on, eight? Yeah, number eight, six, seven, eight. Um, tell me if you think this is a final girl, but I, I put uh, a movie we just watched, uh, Silence of the Lambs, Cleary Sterling. Um, just thought, yeah, obviously incredible performance and a real battle of the wits and uh, a vulnerability that's being shown of the character and how she's kind of overcoming uh, the obstacles that are in her way, both in terms of a killer as well as the social pressures as a woman doing what she's doing. Um, but what do you think? Is, is she fit on that list? I think Clarice Starling does not fit on the list because it's not really structured like a movie where people are dropping like flies. Yeah. The body count isn't high. She's not a sole survivor. Yep. She's a great character. Yeah. One of the best horror characters, but not a final girl to me. Yeah, I know. I feel like as we defined this at the top, I started kind of doubting that one. (laughs) (laughs) Great excuse to talk about her some more, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, great great character and everything. But yeah, I think you're right. I don't think she fits that standard uh, definition. Maybe just a great protagonist, not necessarily a yes. final girl. One of the best protagonists of horror of all time. Right, right. Uh, okay, uh, number nine for you. My number nine is from a movie I don't really love, but I thought is an intriguing final girl, and that's Ginny, played by Amy Steele in Friday the 13th Part 2. Hmm, Okay. I just like the character. I like how she tries to understand and perhaps even sympathize with Jason at the beginning of the film and then how she really tries to get inside his head, mess with him, and thinks on her feet in the third act. Yeah. Uh, And there were some, speaking of the motherhood themes in Aliens, 
I think there's some motherhood themes in uh, this film as well. So totally pretty cool that there's something a little bit deeper going on here with this final girl than there are in some other slashers, especially in the Friday the 13th franchise. Um, I just found her to be a really likable character, even though I wish she had been developed a little bit more. So yeah, she she was a real surprise in like a shitty film, like her character. Uh, and, and like that approach that she took of being like more kind of thinking about the person and like what might be triggering them and that kind of thing. I, I, I really appreciate her in that film. Yeah. Yeah. Same. She's same. great. Uh, uh, so yeah, what's your number nine? Uh, mine was, I think her name is Jerry line, uh, from demon. Yeah. Geraldine. Oh, Geraldine. What? Really? I think it's Geraldine. Oh, okay, I think that's okay. how you pronounce it. You're talking about Jada Pinkett Smith. Sorry, I'm yeah. spoiling your pick. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know why. Why? Why have like uh, I have it written down as like Jerry Line. Maybe I, uh, yeah, mis- miswrote that. Yeah, down. I think that's how it's spelled, but I think it's pronounced Geraldine. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I don't remember uh, too much, but I, I felt like it was a really good performance, and there was a good like battle between her and the the main dude uh, who was like trying to get them to. Uh, give their give give something up, I think, right? Yeah, um, yeah, and we're talking about Demon Knight people. I don't know if we said the name of that. But. Yeah, Tales of Crypt. Uh, that's my number ten, man. That's I've got her on my list too. And for all intents and purposes, she seems to be the first black final girl ever. Right. And it took until like nineteen ninety six or whenever that movie was released. I yeah. can't remember now. Yeah, which was quite an accomplishment. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, but I, I thought it was a good performance too. I, I remember a few scenes of her like in a room or something, things going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a room, things <laughs> going on. These are some of the criteria for a final girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember enough to like put some bullet points under her name. I just remember really liking the character and really liking the performance. Yeah, yeah, same. Cool. Well, I, actually, I didn't have a number 10. I think I only got as far as a number 9. Okay, cool. I have some honorable mentions who uh, are the notable exceptions uh, and this is, you know, Women in Horror Month, so I won't focus on them too much. But the dude exceptions who really seem to fit the the uh, role and everything but their gender, I will go with Ash, mm-hmm. played by Bruce Campbell in Evil Dead 1 specifically, and Jesse, played by Mark Patton in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Both of those have androgynous names as well. Oh, yeah, good point. Ash, yep. Um yeah, I yeah I'm trying to think of like uh, a lot of horror films with like men as in at the end and like outside of those two, can you think of like many more? Not really. I mean, there are horror films where a man is the last one standing, but he's not so much playing the role of a final girl. He's more just like a traditional protagonist, um, survivor, taking yeah. a lot more action, being more the aggressor hmm. throughout the movie. Would you put like Get Out in that category then? No, you know, I think Chris from Get Out is, um, hmm, I wouldn't consider that a final boy because, well, I don't want to spoil Get Out. I don't think there are enough victims, innocent victims throughout the movie to to characterize him as like the last person standing. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Okay. So, but yeah, that, that gets a little blurry. So that that's kind of a tough one. Okay. Oh, hey, actually, I did have a number 10. Uh, I, I don't know why I didn't write this one down, but it was someone I was thinking about. Um, Florence Pugh from uh, Midsommar. I, I don't think either of us were crazy about the film, but uh, I, I feel like her character transformation through that film and the journey that she went through uh, deserves a mention. Because uh, I, I, did, I did think it was a good performance, and they were trying to show like a cool uh, portrayal there. 
of uh, someone kind of like surviving tragedy, uh, an abusive relationship, and coming out of that. Yeah, she's a unique final girl. I don't think she has like a true traditional showdown moment from what I remember from that movie. Yeah. Um, but she fits so many of the other criteria, it's hard not to call her a final girl. Right. And I've heard like that movie sometimes like referred to as like a, I mean, it was like supposed to be a slasher, right? I, I know it didn't play out necessarily like that, but there were like elements of like people falling out throughout the film. But yeah, I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, and I like, think... Mm-hmm. Forget, forgive us if we get this wrong, you, all you mega fans of Midsommar, but I'm pretty sure he was originally hired to write a slasher. Right, I think so. Um, and then he kind of bent the rules a little bit and gave them this instead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's kind of in a gray area, because you're right, She, I, I don't know if she's ever under attack, unless you consider maybe like she had a choice, like did you want to accept like a, a new life or, or not? Um, but that's, yeah, more at an emotional level probably. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, her yeah her journey was more emotional than than physical in right. terms of how final girls go. Sure. Yep. The traditional arcs. Yeah. Agreed. Other names I wrote down but didn't put on my list. I actually wrote down Thomason. Mm-hmm. I wrote down Jess, played by Olivia Hussey in Black Christmas. Yep. Susie Banyan, played by Jessica Harper in Suspiria, and Grace, played by Samara Weaving in Ready or Not. Oh. Those were all like kind of on my radar, but I they didn't make the final cut. I'm surprised to hear Ready or Not. I thought we were kind of disappointed, or like we expected a little bit more in like the the agency or like the, the her fight back. We did. That's why I ultimately didn't decide to uh, put her anywhere official in my countdown or my honorable mentions. But yeah, I put her name on paper because she came to mind. But okay, yeah, I gave that movie a four, but I was a little dis. I feel like they left a lot on the table of what could have happened. Mm. One, I'm surprised, uh, a movie I know you're a fan of, but uh, I'm surprised I didn't mention, I wonder if it's a definition, but Wendy from The Shining, did that cross your mind, or do you think that that one doesn't qualify? I saw her, I've seen her mentioned as a final girl, I really don't think that qualifies to me. Mm. Um, Just the intimate relationship between her and Jack, and the lack of body count... The sole survivor aspect, she's, um, no, I, I just don't think of her as a final girl. Okay. Okay. Great at, uh, displaying, personifying terror. Um. Yeah. And, and she totally steps up in the third act. I love her as a character. I think she's an underrated character and mm-hmm. it's an underrated performance, but I don't consider her a final girl. Okay. All right. Yeah, sounds like you yeah. thought about it. Let us know, uh, I'm sure people are going to have all sorts of, uh, things they want to argue with us about, for lack of a better word, definition differences, final girls they think are way higher on the list that we didn't mention, or people you do consider final girls or don't. So let us know. I I would like to engage in some combo on this one. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear uh, who who makes the uh, other top ones people i'm surprised that i didn't hear you mention tree from uh, happy death today i feel like you really bonded oh, with her. she was she was on one of the lists i found <laughs> she was yeah <laughs> was that <laughs> yeah oh, good times all right cool well uh this was fun man great great list uh glad glad we got around to doing this one fun fun to yeah, talk me about too. this has kind of always been on our radar i just feel like it's a discussion i had so often people wouldn't want to hear us talk about it but uh hopefully they do yeah right right and excited to hear others thoughts Uh, You got anything else, or should we wrap this up? That's all I got. I think we can wrap things up. All right, everyone. Well, thanks. That's been our countdown of the top five uh, final girls with some honorable mentions. 
if you enjoyed the show, we'd love feedback, any response, uh, or leave a review on um, any of the social media podcasts. Um, that's going to help other people find our show, and we always appreciate it. If you want to join our discussion, you can find our social links on horrormovieclub.com or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter. In case you want to watch it before the next episode, we also are on Discord. You can join us and other horror fans on there and share your thoughts about the episode or other final girls that you think we should have mentioned here. Our logo is by Amy Mae Pop Art, so check her out on Etsy.com. And shoot, do you have an until next time? Until next time, if you're protecting yourself from a baddie, make sure you have the most phallic thing around to protect you because that is designed by evolution to penetrate. <laughs> Excellent. And shoot projectiles. Let's <laughs> go for the projectiles. Projectiles <laughs> and penetration. That's the key to survival, right? For any final 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through reproduction. Exactly. <laughs>